Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Mother Far From Home podcast with me, your host, Rachel Norman. If you desperately need a common sense, down-to-earth perspective on how to mother well without losing it, living in constant stress, or needing to escape your life, you have come to the right place. Hello, Mama. So this is going to be the first part in th- in a three-part series where I talk about the three main kind of phases of growth that I went through as a mom that really, um, I think many moms can go through, or the three main places, um, I guess, levers for uh, growth and having a peaceful family life. So before I jump into that first one, I wanted to just share that I think when I say you know, to get me where I am today, I don't mean my kids are perfect. Everything's perfect. That's just, to me, that doesn't exist. So that's, that's not what's in my mind, you know? And I often think, oh, I wonder if it it crossed my mind the other day. Oh, wow. Like I go to the kid's school, you know, lots of people don't care or know what I do, but obviously some do. And, oh, am I worried that if the kids act up or if I get in trouble or they are naughty or something, you know, whatever, that like, it's going to make that I'm going to be nervous or embarrassed because I'm over here talking about parenting. And I just laughed because I thought, no, it does not occur to me. It does not occur to me because I do not think my kids are any different than anybody else's kids. I think they have just as much capacity to be amazing or just as much capacity to do crazy things as anybody else's kids. So to me, I really care about how I respond, how I react, what I do for part of our family life, like how, you know, I'm owning my own responsibility as a mom. And I'm hoping all these choices carry over and bear fruit in my kids. And I believe they do. I believe they will. But I don't view my kids as any different than any others. And I definitely don't view them. You know, that kind of like pastor's kid syndrome where it's like, oh, I guess the pastor's kids got to be perfect. Like, no, you know. So anyway, it just made me laugh that that I, I don't put on my kids this thing that that they need to be a certain way so that I look like a better mom. And I think having well, I don't know that I, I don't, I don't know that I let that go. I don't know that I ever had that because I think I have a strong sense. Like they, they doing their own choices over here and I, I'm going to do my own choices over here. And kind of like, I'm, I'm, I just guess I've seen so many times you can do a great, amazing job and later a kid can have a challenge and go off the rails through something that wasn't even your fault. Or you could, some parents just phone it in and have kids that just take over the world, you know? So I have this sense of what's theirs and what's mine. And I think that helps me to be at peace with what I do because I don't evaluate everything about my efforts based on a momentary behavior. And I think that's a place that's good to get to. Um, Not saying we don't, of course, our parenting and family life affects how kids grow up a hundred percent, but there's still a line with what's our responsibility and what isn't. But so on to that, I want to talk about the first thing I did when I became a mom, you know, in the early years. And the first thing that I really recommend moms focus on if they're feeling a lack of peace, if they're feeling like the house is chaos, everything's unpredictable, like this just general sense of you're treading water and you've got all these kids, depending on how many kids you have, in different kind of floats or they're all hanging onto a leg and an arm. You're trying to keep everybody afloat and you're feeling like you've got weights that are bringing you down, you know, this kind of feeling. And the first place that I think is good to focus on is your routines. And routines are just so important. And the truth is whether you, and I've said this before, of course, but whether you have a purposeful routine that works for you, 
or you don't, you still have a routine because whatever you do all the time is your routine. So if you're, you know, sleeping really late and the kids are getting up and trash in the house while you're asleep, this is still your morning routine. <laughs> I've never thought about it, like that, but that's still your morning. Your morning routine is they get up, make a huge mess while you sleep, and then you wake up mad and have to deal with it. That's your morning routine. So the the purpose of having of thinking about our routines and getting some in place that work for us and the kids is that life just feels like it's more manageable instead of waking up every day and feeling like you're starting over. This is why routines are so effective because if you don't have, or you're going to have them no matter what, you know, but the sense, the mindset you have when you kind of wake up every day and don't really know how it's going to go or what is baby going to happen. I don't know. Is the toddler going to do this? Who knows what's going to happen? I don't know. Is it's a sense of starting over. And this is why, you know, a lot of high performers and life and business athletes, they have these dialed in routines because it means they don't have to make decisions. And when you eliminate a bunch of unnecessary decisions, then you don't find yourself at 3 p.m. with decision fatigue. Okay. You don't know what to do. You know, you're just sick of making choices. So it's like, screw it. Whatever happens, happens. You know, whenever a large part of your life is just happening in a way that works, in a way that you like, you have that freed up energy to do other things. It isn't like, I don't know if I can make an appointment. I don't know how everybody's going to be at 10. I mean, I don't know. Somebody might be just uh, like you do. You will know. You'll say you'll be able to know. This is now in this example. This is if you're home with younger kids, right? Well, you'll know what times are good to make appointments and which times aren't because you'll know when they're napping or playing or when they're going to be overtired. You won't end up in a doctor's office when they should be napping and everybody's screaming and fussing. And now everybody's staring at you and now now you're kind of humiliated, but also angry because you're like, back off. It's not my fault. They're fussy. Um, and that's true, but it also is your fault. They're fussy because you brought them to a nap time. You see what I mean? So when you have a routine that works and meets all of the child's needs, everything just calms down. And so these routines, especially when we're having kids at home in the evenings, the mornings, or if they're younger at home all the day, or if you homeschool, then they're home all day anyway, no matter what their ages are, is you need to first in these routines, think about like, what are our kids' needs? Because I will say when moms, now you don't have, I'm not talking, you can, the word routine can be a schedule where you're looking at the clock. It can be more rhythm. It can be either of those. I have a balance where I have certain parts of the day and I always have on a clock. You know, meal times, snack times, they're on a clock because otherwise I have too many kids all day long. Can I have a snack? Can I have this? Can I have that? My job is not going to be to stand in there and make sure they don't eat, you know, no. And then they forget and then they won't eat lunch because I had no, 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 we're not doing that. So for me, the meals and the snacks, they're on a time. Now, can I be flexible if I want to? Of course, I'm the boss, right? But on the whole, this helps me. It, it prevents me from making other decisions because when I know snack time is, say, 1030 and somebody comes to me at 10, it's like, whoop, 30 minutes, set the timer if you want to. I know you can't wait. I don't have to be like, should I, should I not, should I, should I not? I don't have to. It removes that decision. Dinner and the time we're going to eat, bedtime is always, to me, fairly, you know, there's a window. It's like a 30-minute window at which I want them in their rooms by that time. If they want to read, cool. They want to play quietly in bed, fine. They want to go straight to sleep. Good. But that, that, that window is when they're going to be in there. It doesn't depend on anything. That's when it's going to happen. And what one of the benefits of this, I'll tell you, is that kids who are used to having all of their needs met in a routine manner are typically less cry, whiny, and fussy because they don't need to cry, whine, and fuss to get their need met. 
right? They don't need to cry to get put to sleep because they already, they're, they're going to be well rested because it's happening in a routine way. They don't, you know, aside from, of course, there's events and things that keep us out late, obviously, but just on the day to day, they're not like wailing down and screaming at bedtime because they're, you they're getting enough sleep. They're not getting, they're not having that deficit, right? You know, there's a balance in the day of quiet play and excitement. So they're not kind of getting that sensory overload and then losing it. If if you notice that it seems like your kids are always having to escalate their communication through meltdowns, crying or tears for you to take a hint and then give meet the need, this is a good sign. A routine can be warranted because a routine will prevent all that need for escalation, right? So children, so the, the routines focus on meeting the kids' needs, right? But they also um, are going to focus on us as well. And so oh, I will interject here that the second part of my journey was focusing on my kids' behavior. And the third part of my journey that we'll get to in the upcoming episodes is me, is when I realized I made everything about the kids about me. And this is why I was so stressed. That, that That's that's a good one, mom. You want to hang around for that. Okay. So let me, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I'm like, and you can, you will know what you're like, and then you'll begin to see why from routines can be important based on your behavior and based on your personality. It doesn't matter what your personality is. So for me, I don't like rigid rules. I don't love to, you know, to schedule myself down to the wire. That kind of rebellious, independent part of me, I guess, is just like, don't want to be told what to do that much, you know, but I can't stand chaos. I don't like it if everything feels out of control, I'm sure this is some control element, you know, in here. Um, I don't like, I, I don't like not knowing anything about what's coming up. You know, that makes me feel like I can't plan or prepare. Right. So I'm not a super huge planner to the detail. One of my friends, Casey Pratt, um, is, uh, Anchored Women is where you can find her online. Her One of her expertise is planning. And I'll see some of her plans and I'm like, look at an eye twitch looking at them. But for her, it's it, it's creativity flows. She loves it. Things just work, you know. So whatever your level of need for this planning is, is fine. There's no right or wrong here. In my own self, visually, I want to feel like my home is lovely. Whatever that means to me, it'll mean different to all of us. You know, I want to feel at peace in my home. I want to feel like there's soft, pretty things to look at, even if this is just like, you know, $10 blanket. I got it. Uh, the Dollar General three miles down from my house, but it looks seasonal and it's soft. You know what I mean? It's not about money, but it's, I want it to feel and look, I don't want it to look crazy. I don't want there to be crap everywhere. I don't want 50,000 pairs of dirty socks. Like I don't want to look around and think there's work to do, if that makes sense. And um, not everybody's like that. And that's okay. So we're going to do it to our own personality. But for me, that's something that I have going on. Also for me, my personality, I don't like feeling like things come out of nowhere or happen all of a sudden. I don't like all of a sudden's that now seem to control me. I don't like things just coming out of nowhere. And now I got to derail everything, right? So I can be flexible, of course, and I am more flexible every year that goes by. But flexibility is a tool I like to pull out and use when I have to. But I don't like, you know, to wake up every day and be like, I don't know what's happening. What's good? No, for me, I don't like that. So now I know, I, you know, I guess Enneagram, maybe it's demonic. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. But I'm an eight. Okay. And on the Myers-Briggs, I'm an ENTJ. So this means I'm kind of high level thinker. You know, I'm like a bull in a china shop. I'm going to steamroll us to our goals. I don't care that much about details, but we're getting it done. So for routine, this means for me, I can keep this routine. Son of a gun. It's, it's going to happen, you know, and 
the, the, everything just can fit into it. Okay. And it works for me in that way. You'll be different. You've got to figure out what you're like, what you like and don't like, and be okay with those and figure out routines that work within those. Okay. So because those parts of my personality, I don't like to feel like others are controlling me. And by others, I don't mean the kids or just mean or anything. You know, I don't want to wake up and be, well, this kid's in a mood, so they're not going to clean up. So the house is just going to be a huge mess or, well, they'd really rather do screens and not clean the bathroom. So I guess we'll just have dirty bathrooms like that. That's not really going to work for me. You know, it might for other moms. But so those are just coming from where I'm coming from. Routines are important because I want my kids to know what to expect. I want them to get used to it. And then there's just less resistance. And the truth is, as your days flow and as the kids get older, the things that have always just been normal become more and more normal. Resistance that used to happen when they were a little younger, they become less resistant. It, there's less barriers for them. It Things, even just going and cleaning a whole bathroom, you know, we'll, we'll occasionally split up the bathrooms and be like, you, 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 that bathroom, that bathroom, that bathroom, two kids in the master bathroom, whatever. There's just very little resistance. And when they were little, there was some resistance. Of course, it might have felt overwhelming. They needed some support. They wanted me to be there with them. They didn't know what tools, you know, what things to use. But as they get older, and this is the key, you don't want to rock them up when they're 14 and they've never done anything and then be like, let's make a chore routine. You can and you should if there wasn't one, but it will feel like more of a hurdle. So, you know, the same time, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best times now is the same thing with these sort of routines that encompass things needed to flow in the family life, right? So in those early years, I needed my days to go well. I mean, I was obviously jumped off a deep end. I had five kids in five years. You might have had a little bit more, um, I don't know, sense or, <laughs> you know, I don't regret that. But, you know, um, you might have done it different and it might be feel a bit different. You know, you have a four-year-old and a baby. It doesn't really matter as much. One of my good friends just recently had a baby who hasn't even turned one yet and her, she has two kids and her oldest son is 10. So like what a 10 year old's just by this age, whatever they're going with the flow baby can come with, you know, for me, I had lots of kids that were all young. I needed a level of predictability to be okay. The level of predictability I need and you need might be different, but we all have a level of predictability that we need, right? For me, I needed this knowledge and you probably do too, right? Even if you kind of think you don't, and some people can handle, they can truly, their nervous system can handle much more chaos than other people's. You know, they can sit in a house that's like a sty and it really does not set off their fight or flight like it does for others, okay? And that the battle for that mom is actually making these things happen like, you know, keeping the home and everything because they don't feel bad even if it all goes to pot. That's a different type of challenge. But a routine also helps if that's your challenge, right? But I needed the knowledge that I was, I could fit everything in. There's no, I don't want to wake up and think there's too much to do. I can never do it. That's very demoralizing, depressing and puts you in despair. That was just not what I was about, right? I wanted to know the very bare basics can get fit in. And that's what a routine helps you do. It also helps you because when you sit down to make a routine, if you're too pie in the sky, like you think, ain't no way I'm going to do all this. And you're right. You know, so there's a simplicity that routines can bring. It's like, we've just got some main focuses. That's what we're focusing on. Everything else is just not as important, may happen, may not. And routines give a sense of autopilot. 
to a lot of things of life. And this helps because the drudgery things that have to be done every day that we don't love to do, you know, like cooking. Some people love cooking, but like every day I wake up and I'm like, why? Why's everybody got to eat? Why's everybody got to eat every night? You know? And so the autopilot sense of what am I going to make? Okay. What staples do I always order? You know, I used to have this issue where I always thought we were going to run out of mustard. And I, would, I don't know. Okay. And we would have like, seven extra mustards and we don't even use that but it was like every time I would order or go to the store I'd be like mustard we're probably out of mustard and now my husband just pointed out I've moved on from that and now I'm on to this in sour cream I was like okay I'm gonna make some kind of taco something I gotta have some sour cream and my husband like opened the refrigerator he's like (laughs) it was like six sour creams in there anyway okay clearly my autopilot on some of the things is off but my you know my point is we keep the staples we keep the things so that we can say okay, here's some easy meals I can put together. It's just autopilot. It doesn't feel like you're rebuilding every day. Okay. So I obviously have a lot of workshops and things about routines. These are all very inexpensive. Um, I have simple school routines, which gives you school morning, afternoon homework routine ideas that can help make your mornings flow. Like with mine, even my kindergartners. Now my son who's got ADHD, I have to be a little bit more beside him and, and kind of reminding him of his routine. He can do it, but he'll get distracted, right? But all the kids get up, get dressed, make their beds, you know, and this isn't rocket science. I don't have kids that are any different than your kids, right? It's just the routines we put in place. I have the family routines reboot, which focuses on the mom self-care routines, the overall family routines, um, your individual routines your kids can have. I have good night bedtime battles, which is all about the bedtime routines, summer rhythms with summer routines. So you can, of course, check those out. Those will be linked in the show notes. But um, so what, whether we think we have a routine or not, my point is we do have one, right? So what you want to do when you're making one is get the normal things into the scheduler routine. When you're trying to sit down and think, what is our weekly routine? What are the things that have to go in? You know, Wednesday night, say we got church and, you know, Thursday night is whatever, something else. Put the, and then you want to put the main family things in dinner together. If you're home, you know, if it's with the kids, rest time during the day. If you've got young kids, you want to put the big things in. and. Because let me tell you, once you put those basic foundation pieces in, everything already feels kind of full. So having a purposeful routine actually helps you stop from bloating your routine because you realize, doggone, actually, we have full days, right? Because you don't want to do this pie in the sky thing where you sit down and it's like, for 30 minutes, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to do this. And then one morning you get off, you're an hour behind, and then you're going to blow the whole thing, right? You can think of it by doing blocks, like the the early morning block, the mid-morning block, lunch block, afternoon, you know, that type of thing. There's a million ways to go about it, right? There really are. But you want to get in the habit of doing the things at the right times of days that need to be done that overall make life easier. You know, what is that thing about? What would, um, you know, in the evening, your evening routine. So what would morning Rachel hope that evening Rachel does? That type of thing, you know, learn to kind of, and it's hard when we're in survival mode. It's hard when we feel like we're all drowning, right? It takes almost, it feels like superhuman effort to do this, but a routine is one of those things that initially can feel uphill, but then starts feeling downhill. And all of these little normal things that have to happen all the time in life get autopiloted in a way that makes you just calm down in your days. And I have moms, you know, and they're like, I don't know if my kids can do it. The kids are going to resist. And I'm like, yeah, the kids may resist. That's just a separate issue. Just do it. 
And then after a little while, they just get it. You know, I, I can't count the number of moms who's like, I didn't think that I thought they wouldn't do rest time. They do it. And then, you know, they're resisting, they're resisting. You're like, I'm a horrible mom. Five minutes later, they're singing to themselves while they're playing imagination games, you know? So you've got to know that whatever your vision is, is can withstand a, uh, a little bit of resistance from them, right? So now here's something that kind of, if you're behind on everything and everything feels really crazy, sometimes the key is honestly to do something drastic. Okay. So it, it can feel like you don't, you don't have tons of energy. You already feel behind what you're going to do. Sometimes drastic is key. You know, so sometimes it say the house is a mess or you have too much junk everywhere. It might be time to do a huge declutter, get some help. You know, I'm just throwing this out here. That might feel out of your energy realm, but I mean to say doing something drastic like that actually can give you back energy, right? If, if part of the reason, if your house is just too much junk, you know, set yourself a deadline. There's a, there's a neighborhood um, yard sale at a certain time. <clears throat> Just take a week, get rid of a bunch of stuff because this will help you feel refreshed, rejuvenated. It'll get you into different headspace. You'll have less to organize, you know, or it could be, you know what, say, okay, we can't afford a cleaner all the time. I know I need to get better, but maybe I just need to hire somebody or beg a few of my friends. Maybe I need to text four friends in, or whatever close friends, my local friends are in a group chat. Can we um, all come over and deep clean somebody's house and then do it once a month, you know, do it the next week for the other, whatever. Get a, you know, swap cleaning, have a huge clean to where you feel like you're starting from clean and then going to get on a routine, right? Do Go look on your calendar. I often encourage moms, look on your calendar and do a mass calendar cancellation. If you've got a bunch of stuff in there that you feel like you're supposed to do every week, sometimes you got, sometimes you don't, sometimes you can't, just get rid of it, right? If you're behind and you're not coping with life, do not be focused on doing other things for other people. You need to be focused on doing things for your own self and your kids, right? Not in a selfish way, in a don't let your own life go totally off the rails because you're worried about other people's lives. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, another is to hire someone for help. I'm all about the mother's helper. I have a lot of posts on my blog, A Mother Far From Home, Mother's Helper. If you Google that, um, you'll get a lot of articles. You can get young kids, young homeschool and high schoolers that can come. They can watch the kids while you clean. You can put them to work. They can get the kids doing chores like hiring a, a mother's helper. It can give some money to, depending on the age um, of the child, of course, you'll pay more the older they are if they're an adult. But um, even, you know, just neighborhood kids, having them come over and help if they're trustworthy, I'd probably get girls um, because or, or depending on the age. OK, I would say tween, even tween um, or preteen. What is tween? Okay, preteen, whatever. My 12-year-old daughter would be excellent at cleaning and helping, right? Even at a young age. Um, you want you might if you're if you are homeschooling and it's not working, you might want to do something drastic like put them in school. Or if they're in school and all of life isn't working, you want to do something drastic like pull them home. Sometimes if everything's behind, everything's going crazy, sit down, get out a blank sheet of paper and think, what is some crazy things I could do that would fix our life? It doesn't matter how stupid, crazy, or impossible they are. You know, like just it win the lottery. It doesn't matter. Get them going. Get it flowing. Get it out of your head, right? Get all of these things going, and then your brain will open up to the possibility. Okay, so the key is when I when you first start, one of the first things I, I suggest to moms when that comes to me is take a good long look at whether your life is working or not, and be honest. None of this comforting yourself if it ain't working, or none of this beating yourself down if it. None of that. Just it's okay. Is it working? Is it not working? That's it. Okay. If it isn't okay, that's okay. This means there's a place of growth, right? And you can say it's not okay. And I want to do something about it. That's the question. Because if you don't want to do something about it, 
well, then you can carry on not being okay. But if you do want to do something about it, then this is when we start doing the shifts. Okay. So the routine is my first part one where I would focus my blog, a mother far from home routines. I have tons of routines. You can find lots of like, I've got morning routines, self-care routines, evening routines. I've got a pastor's wife routine. I got certain age routines, kids routine by age, chore routines, you know, weekly. I mean, all these things. Okay. So if you just want some inspiration, you can go on my blog. Again, I have the routine workshops you can look for. And the next part I'm going to focus on is when I kind of got, when you get your routines in order and things are kind of going, then you start to notice when the kids have certain behaviors or you think certain things are going on with the kids. And then the second part, the second step is focusing on what's happening with the kids. Okay. That's what I'm going to talk about next time. And I want to let you know, actually, after Christmas, I am going to start a coaching program. It's going to start in January. It's going to go for six months. Um, We're going to focus on one area of breakthrough per month for those six months. Um, For moms who just want to, they want to ditch all the stress. They want to ditch the the triggers. They want to ditch their keeping on doing the same things the parents did that didn't work. And they see the kids doing the same things and none of it, you know, we pass these things down to our kids when we hadn't resolved them. Right. So we're, I'm going to use my um, extensive coaching experience, the language of listening, you know, proven decades wise um, framework. And we're just going to dive in and we're going to get some breakthroughs, mom. So anyway, stay tuned for that. I'll tell you about that in December. And in the meantime, if you're wanting a lever for peace, something you can just pull that has a, that has a good, um, chance of giving you back some of that peace, I would focus on routines. And the routine I would focus on is whichever part of life is going the worst. <laughs> That's what I would do. Which one's going the worst? And start there. I will talk soon, mama. As always, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. You can find me on my website, A Mother Far From Home, and on YouTube under the same name. If you like this podcast, I'd love it if you could write a five-star review, and it'll help all the algorithms to get it in front of other moms who benefit from this encouragement. Until next time, keep it real out there, mama.